Okay, guys. So we're back um, doing another listener questions episode. We obviously, like in the other ones, if you haven't watched those yet, check them out. But we get a lot of questions from people, from listeners, and from people that watch our YouTube with everything under the book. And so we try to just pick out a few really good ones and then talk about those, whether they're interesting to us or, you know, a question that we get a lot. So this week we have a few questions I think we're going to run through. Um, and I know, Joey, you had one you wanted to start with. One um, second, one second. We have our Snapple moment of the week. <laughs> Cats can hear ultrasound. Did you guys know that? I did. I did not know that. I didn't. Snapple moment. All right, moving on. Diet Snapple moment. Diet Snapple. Don't. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, like, so one of the questions I think that we got that was kind of interesting. It wasn't really a question. It was more of like a statement um, from a guy in New York uh, who's kind of asking about. He moved to this area. He's the only dude that he knows there. So. So I've actually, we've gotten this question a lot and that's, hey, I just moved to a new area. I've been hunting by myself. I don't know the area at all. I haven't been very successful. I want to connect with more people in my area. What do I do in order to kill more birds and just make new friends in waterfowling? And there's actually a, a huge amount of things that you can do. It's a little tough now with COVID and all that, but like, honestly, if I moved to a new state, I'd look up a DU chapter. 100%. Or a Delta Waterfowl chapter and like go and just meet people at these raffles and or not raffles, just like these banquets. They're just get togethers. Yeah. Like there's all different types of things. They have, you know, like committee meetings. They've got, you know, stuff where they talk about legislature. There's tons of different things. Well, and, and what's really cool about those things, a lot of the people attending those things are older people Uh and they know way more than I do. You know, they've been doing this forever. They've been doing this longer than I've been alive. And so they can teach you new things on how to kill birds, especially in that area. Old things. And they're just salt of the earth. Right. You know, like older techniques of ways to kill birds. And it's just super cool. And then you mix old school with new school. That's, that's a really cool way to kill birds. Yeah. And then also a new, another way with today's culture, it's 2021. So social media is huge. Like you you got to utilize it right. You got to utilize it right, and a lot of people, they don't take advantage of it, but we've met some of our best friends and linked up with some really good people through Instagram and Facebook. So, I mean, like, one thing you can do that I've I've thought of, like, if I move to a new area, you know how you can, like, tag a location mm-hmm. or, like, a state, right? So, like, if you, like, geotag a location and you see, like, other posts from that area, quote-unquote, or yeah. that state where people are shooting birds or, you know, whatever... You know, hitting those people up and being like, dude, sweet hunt today. Like, looks like you guys had a great day. You know, people that are excited about waterfall hunting like you, you're going to be hard pressed to find people where you say something like that and they just like read it and don't respond. Yep. You know, like you're opening up a conversation and then it's three or four comments back and forth on photos. And then one day you've got a spot and you hit that dude up and you're like, hey, man, I've got this spot. You want to come out? Yeah. You know, and you're, you're instantly starting a friendship. Yeah. And I actually had a guy... Well, his wife here hit me up on Instagram because she saw that we were the same alma mater and was like, um, he was like, oh, what are you laughing at, Joe? He's smiling. Just the way you said the alma, way you said alma, alma, alma mater. mater. Right. Yes, alma mater. Like um, you went to the same college as me? No, high school. High school. Okay. <laughs> oh, and really? Wow. Yeah, well, he graduated like four years prior, but 
anyway um but yeah so now they're back in this area and he has like nobody to hunt with mm. and so i was just like yeah sure like i'll hunt with him you know because he even has like spots and places to go and she's like oh well he's going right now i'm like okay well i'm working but yeah. um yeah maybe next time <laughs> you know but yeah and she hit me up on instagram and she found me from hashtag midwest flyways you know and and the photos that i post with that but um when i was in indiana moving down there um and doing any kind of hunting down there the pretty much the only thing that helped me was talking about hunting and wearing gear that's you know midwest flyways gear and something that's obviously a duck you know ducks unlimited whatever it is yeah the sticker on my car somebody would leave notes or whatever talking about it with everybody yeah and eventually you're going to find somebody that also has that passion and that um you know because they're going to want to talk about it if yeah. they see oh, oh yeah midwest Flyway. you know i, I watched the video you know so, oh no way i made all those videos right you know, <laughs> so you just made me think of something really cool cal and i were in a trap shooting league mm-hmm. what, yep, that's three an, four that's years ago and there was this guy named um, Doug. Doug, thank you. Old Doug. He's a decoy carver, and yeah. he's super involved in Ducks Unlimited, right. pretty much every nonprofit for waterfowl. And he was a super cool guy, and I learned so much about everything waterfowl. Just I learned a lot about the history, guy. you know, yes. like waterfowl history from yeah. the guy, cool. and like how it used to be and the way they used to do it, and like that's all cool because it gets your brain thinking about like what we're doing now and if it right. works or doesn't. Right. Well, and then um, a really cool story is there was a guy who grew up in Minnesota, lived here his entire life, and then he retired in Arizona, and he would always post on the Minnesota Waterfowlers yep. page yep. on Facebook. I know who you're talking and about. My, my sister moved to uh, Arizona when I was 14 for college. Yeah. She's seven years older than me. And, um, you know, I'd always go down there and visit her. And this is when I really got into it was like 14, 15, 16. And I always saw him posting cinnamon teal, yeah. uh, banded, banded uh, wood ducks, banded mallards. And it's like people waterfowl hunt in Arizona. This is crazy. And so, like, I messaged him personally. And I'm like, dude, my sister lives there whatever and he's like 60 right now he's 60 at the time he retired early he's a very wealthy guy and he um he's like yeah there's like 10 places to hunt waterfowl and in, in arizona that is public and it's a barn burner every time i go out and so like i know that i could hit him up on facebook and be like hey man i'm in arizona let's link up because him and I had a conversation over Facebook. Right. So, like, that's a really good way. Social media is, like, the number one way on how to, like, make new friends in waterfowl. As long as you're yeah. not a, a a jerk. Right. And you, like, are open to learning new ways of, like, how people hunt. Because that's one of the really cool things about waterfowl is there's always a new way to kill them. Yeah. I love that about yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, like, we... So, like, in Minnesota, we have a page called Minnesota Waterfowlers. And, like... There's a lot of BS on that, you mm-hmm. know, so like boo. But, you know, it's one thing where like you can see there's 5,000 or whatever, how many thousand people. Dude, it's like 30,000. There's yeah. 40,000 people. It's insane. So like, dude, but the people that are on there, like if you comment, you know, you can comment back and forth with people and then like start talking to those people like privately. Right. And that's like an easy way to start like, you know, connecting with people rapport. and figuring stuff out. Yeah. Build some rapport. Like don't post on there and be like, anybody want to take me hunting next week? You know, but like you can see there's conversations happening. Start entering those conversations. Start talking to those people. You know, little things like that. Respectfully. Yeah. yeah. So that's, build some rapport. That's 
I think is the biggest way other than like DU banquets with COVID. That's a little more difficult because there's not a whole lot of mass conventions going on right now. So I think just reaching out to other people in your area and being like, Hey man, I'm new to the area. I can do this. I have my own decoys. I have my own boat. I know how to call whatever. Yeah. I will say this too. I want to, I want to kind of bring this point up because I feel like generation Z and like younger and younger people, it's like they're less and less willing to like ask other people questions or like ask other people to hang out or like meet up or hunt or, you know, anything like that. Yeah. And I notice that all the time with random stuff. One thing that I've been doing a lot lately, I mean, obviously I I lost some weight and so I've been trying to be more active. So one of the things I do outside of like a workout is I go play hockey. Yes. Okay. So like I go play hockey. Well, then there's like three different groups of kids where it's like three kids and four kids. And then there's like two kids. They're all playing by themselves. <laughs> okay. And so I'm like the old guy there. Right. Cause these kids are all in high school. Cause you're old. I'm yeah. old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then I will be like, Hey, hey coach, do you guys and you guys and you guys want to start a pickup game? <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're like, so taken back by it. Like they don't even know what to think. They're like, uh, well, uh, yeah. you mean like with like all of us or like just us three or like, no, I'm like, I'm like everybody. It'd be like a real game. Yeah. And so then they like, all, they all like end up doing it and they have a great time, but it's not like natural mm-hmm. for them. Whereas like when I grew up, it was like everybody's playing in one game on the ice and mm-hmm. you show up and throw your stick in and like every kid that comes is joining a team. Mm-hmm. You know, not like we're playing by ourselves over here and they're over there, you know. So So just be outgoing. Yeah, be outgoing, man. Don't be scared to ask someone a question or hit someone up and see what you can, you know, talk about with them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. um, And then the other thing that I had in Indiana that I was was never able to get into because I was flying back here so much to hunt, but they had a hunting club. And it was everybody pretty much went up to the border of Michigan <laughs> and yep. hunted right up there. But um, but yeah, there was some spots up there in a hunting club. And if there's so if there's that, like I know that there is in Illinois, that kind of stuff. Good opportunity to meet people there. Yeah. So we're in an Indiana duck club, but we're gonna go to Michigan because this this hunting sucks yeah, here. Go right up to the border, like <laughs> right on it. Hunt yeah. some yeah. cornfields, shoot some Michigan birds. Um, okay, so that kind of leads me into another question we got because. You're meeting new people. You're out scouting, trying to find, you know, new places to hunt. And one of the questions we got asked was like, dude, I have people send me a scouting report and they're like, I've got 30,000 mallards in a field. And I'm like, bullshit. Yeah. Right. So like legitimate question. How do you like trust someone's scouting report? Well, thank you, Chevy Dave. For yeah. The question. <laughs> If you haven't listened to the Forrest Carpenter, Kyle Jones podcast, Chevy Day, Chevy Day was brought up a couple of times and yeah. he's a hell of a guy. <laughs> he's the one that hit us up about this. Like, yo, how do you believe this or not? You know, I just take everything that I hear with a grain of salt and I'm really optimistic. Trust, but verify. Here's the way I do it. If Joey me tells Snapchat me a scouting video. report, <laughs> divide it in half. <laughs> right. 20,000 birds. Dude, remember the Bobby guy video and you're like, dude, we have like 10,000 birds. And we're like, Bobby's like 4,000. Joey's like like ten thousand. Okay, so that's not, that's not me exaggerating. That's me not knowing how to count. Sure, that's yeah. That's and that's just the, bad I think that's the problem with most people. Actually. I'm bad at math, dude. Yeah. However, but dude, when you, so when we're in North Dakota, I'm sorry, Connor. When we're in North Dakota, and some guy goes, "We've got a thirty-five thousand duck feed." I just think to myself, maybe ten. Maybe 10. But and we show up the next morning and we absolutely mash them and we could have stayed there for the next four hours and shot a 30-man limit. It's like, okay. That's what I was going to bring up because if it's Wade Shoemaker, 
that's saying he uh, wasn't there. He wasn't there. It wasn't Wade who scouted it. Okay. It was but a different guy. If named Wade's Eric the guy Mitchell. that's telling you, hey, we got 20,000 birds on this feed or whatever it is, you know, then it's, well, I got A frames and I can, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's the thing. I think, and I'm not, not even trying to be like a dick, but like, you know, people that scout enough and you see enough birds, like that person's probably telling you a pretty realistic number. I mean, if, you, you know? if they say, really, who cares what the number of birds are? If they say yeah. it's a good place to hunt, it's, yeah. it's probably a good place to hunt. Yeah. I was just going to say that. I think it, I think it more depends on how trusting or how trustable that person is. How, how, how would I say that? Trustworthy. How, thank you. How trustworthy that person <laughs> that was a is. Hard one. If you, if you've hunted, <laughs> how trustworthy that person is. Like is if they don't exaggerate or not, but if like when I say to you guys, we've got a hell of a hunt tomorrow. I mean, how how often are you guys saying how many birds are there? <laughs> well, it depends. It depends if you scouted it or not. Yeah, because like sometimes when we're going out with other people, you'll try to like build it up, like, dude, we got it, and then I don't know. If you tell me, <laughs> if you tell me, dude, that field is cranked, then I know we're good. Okay. You know, but it's, like it, if, we're gonna have a good if like you called someone and then they called their buddy and then you're like, dude, yeah, we're going to well, this, this field. Well, this is a telephone game. Yeah. Then I'm like, I have no idea. So, but on, on average, how often does it turn out pretty good? 50% of the time. Okay. 50% of the time it works 100% of the time. <laughs> 60% of the time it works every time. <laughs> Sex Panther. Yeah. Here's, no. here's what I would say about that, right? Like, do you have a better field? You know, like if someone's yeah. calling you and they're like, I've got 20,000 birds, even if it's 10, do you have somewhere with 10? Yeah. So because then that's where it gets to be a tough decision. You know, you're like, well, I've it. got a good field too. But if you don't, it's like, what are you going to do, man? Not hunt that field? A bird in the hand or two in the bush. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, so here's the thing. If you're guiding. Yeah. A little different. You want numbers. For sure. So you can tell your clients, hey, we've got. 2,000 geese coming to this field, whatever, they were here at this time, blah, blah, blah. So then in case, if they don't show up, it's like, okay, if you want to pack up at 9 a.m. and we saw the geese at 11 a.m., give it till 11 a.m., mm -hmm. yeah. you know? However, if you're just hunting with buddies or we're trying to make a video, right. yeah. uh, it's a little different, you know, because you're not paying to go on the hunt. However, I don't know how to say this properly, but... I'm blanking. On here's a, here's what, here's what I do like mentally in my head. When someone tells me a number, I just think to myself, if I divided that number in half, would it still be a lot of birds? That's what I try to do in my head, right? Like if someone's like, we got 10,000 geese in this area on these two roosts. And then I say, if it's 5,000 and they're using <coughs> these two fields, is that still enough birds where I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. And if it is, then I'm like, well, I don't care, you know? Well, here, here's the big thing about hunting waterfowl is they are migratory birds. Right. They are going to do whatever in the hell they want to do. Oh, sure. So it's like, oh, sure. Oh, my God. So they're going to want to do whatever they want to do, okay? So they're going to, like, my my big deal with hunting birds is do we have the opportunity yeah, to yeah. shoot those birds? Okay. So it's like, yeah, there's 10,000 ducks in this field, but the height is garbage. We're not going to be able to shoot them. You know, we have to set layout layout blinds in the middle of a bean field. Mm -hmm. And we don't have any socks to put over our layout blinds. We're screwed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like, okay, do we have the opportunity to shoot birds? I will take a, a field of 
150 mallards with a great hide over a field with 10,000 mallards with a bad hide. Yep. Yeah. That's the thing. Right. Because you're only going to shoot, you know, your limit. Like yeah. you're only going to shoot four. So six, like six ducks a person. And if right. it's a mallard feed, you can only shoot four in the right. Mississippi flyway. Yeah. So it's like, dude, what, what's, you know, like Joey said, you'd rather have a really good hunting situation with a little less birds than a ton of birds and you have nowhere to hide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, and, and that's the big thing is that's, what's really fun about hunting is like, there's just so many variables and totally. some days you're going to crank them. And then yeah. other days, <laughs> bye. Yeah. No. And that's, that's totally true. Um, and it makes me think too about like a couple situations specifically like this year, uh, like when you were out of town and Connor from, and I hunted this field here mm-hmm. and it was just 40 mile an hour wind, mm-hmm. but that was the most geese I've seen like in this area in so long. Mm. And then you came back that week and you were scouting it and you were like, there's nothing here. I'm right. Like, nope. Wrong. Wrong. There the amount no. of geese that Connor and I worked the other day. Wrong. Wrong. And they were gone though. Right. 100%. So. Kaboom box. Yeah. <laughs> One, and when I went out scouting, that's what I thought. And I'm like, yeah. Cal, you're a liar. Yeah. Did you call Thank Connor? You. No, I didn't call Connor. Yeah. Dude, it was <laughs> stupid. And then you were like, they're gone. And I was so mad. You guys hunted I didn't on believe what, you. I didn't, but I didn't believe you. I thought you were in the boo box. I'm like, he didn't scout. No, dude. <laughs> I, had permission, I had permission on 5,300 acres in this like 100 square mile area. And then here you are telling me, yeah, dude, we have 5,000 geese trying to we get in this area. We for sure did. I go and look at three different roosts and there was like a maybe... 300 geese yeah. <laughs> and i'm like dude i right, had n- like Got joey's up, when we hunted that field i told connor i was like i don't know if this is gonna connor from yeah. i'm like i don't know if this is gonna go good and he's like why and i'm like there's not a lot here and he's like whatever dude i have nothing going well on. you guys had a weather front yeah we had weather come in though and then it just worked out i'm like well there's gonna be crazy winds which made it so that we didn't end up shooting birds you know and but at the same time, like the amount of geese that wanted in that field that day, I called Joey after. And I'm like, dude, you need to call these farmers because that was that field that was loaded. Mm-hmm. And then he came back and nothing. There was nothing there. Yeah, gone. <laughs> and he, like, he called me and he's like mad at me. He's like, why did you tell me that? And I'm like, what do you mean? Jail. Dude? Right away. <laughs> no trial, no nothing. I thought he was Jail. Lying. Straight so to jail. I thought you were. I thought you didn't scout so much that I came down here and scouted. <laughs> I don't know if I told you that. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. So I came and scouted it. I was yeah. like, no "What'd way. you find, buddy?" No way he scouted. It. I What'd you find, buddy? I didn't find like five hundred geese. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah. Yeah. So I was like, oh. <laughs> so Sarah, as a new waterfowler, you shot a harlequin. You shot your first duck, which is a harlequin this year, and then you just got back from Kansas shooting mallards on a small creek. What are some questions as a beginner hunter that you have that you feel like would help out listeners? Well, first, I've never shot geese before. So actually, what is more skittish, a goose or a duck? In what what regard would you say like skittish? As in like you set up decoys and you're hunting them or you're scouting them. You're like, okay, that's where we're going to hunt tomorrow. But our truck was parked on the road and they freaked out like. Just I give would me a say, little bit like, of setting decoys or being in the blind and them seeing you, what's going to scare them off? Water or, du- or water or field? Um, let's do water, so, and we'll say water. Water first, we'll do field next. Okay, yeah. Okay, water mm-hmm. first. I would say 
take your pick. It's 50-50 because on the water, they're very safe. Not a whole lot of predators can get to them. It depends on how close you are to the water. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say? What do you think, Cal? I don't. I think the geese are harder to shoot on water. No, but she's she's saying what's more skittish. Oh, oh, I think oh, okay, geese, okay. I think geese. I think okay. geese are more skittish on water because I don't think they really care about being on the water when you're trying to hunt them. Like most of the time when we're out hunting on water, it's early morning, so you're like trying to shoot ducks usually, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's our situation in yeah. Minnesota specifically, and so like geese are getting up, flying over you usually to go feed. Mm-hmm. Right, like that's not a time where geese are coming back to like loaf on water or whatever, mm-hmm. and so geese are like, ah, I don't really want to go there. So like, you can call them down, and we've shot geese in those situations, of course. And you know, but you're not. It's rare that ge- like fifty geese are going to be like, yeah, that area right there. You know, like I want to be on that water. No, that's a good point. I completely agree with you. What do you think, Connor? From all of your experience, I'm. I think it's totally valid. The times that I hunt water, it's mainly for ducks. It's not really for geese. But the, you know, as far as movement goes, I I see a very similar, like, I I think it would be, I'm, you know, I I think as far as geese go, just in general, it's easier to scare ducks away with movement than geese. But that's, you know, from my experience, mainly of a field with geese. As is what about land, though? Land geese are really sensitive, mm-hmm. whereas ducks, ninety percent of the time you don't even know they're there, really? because they're so much smaller and there's not a whole lot of color on them to where you can see them. Here's the other thing I think too, like geese, like you said earlier in our ten minute Tuesday podcast, geese are calling at each other saying, "Get away from me." Mm-hmm. Ducks are calling at each other saying, "Come down here and eat this." They're very, they're a lot more social than geese are, right? And so, like in a field. When you're calling at ducks, that's natural for them. They want to come there. They want to eat there. Mm-hmm. Geese, they're telling you like, hey, piss off, man. Yeah. Right? Peace So off. like if they don't like anything there. Right. But but yet that is still getting the geese to come down. Right? And so. Yeah, they're going to come down though and look. I mean, like you'll notice too when we're hunting, just because you're not on an X field or they don't want to be there, they'll come and look. Right. You'll know when you're in a spot where they're like, they don't really want to be there, you know? I think that that's, that, that the fact that you're caught, like a goose that is saying, you know, get away from me, get away. Um, I think that that's more evidence that a, a goose could be deemed as less skittish on a field than they would be in water. Mm. So, so coming from scouting ducks and geese a lot, pretty much my entire life, ducks in a field, they're there for a very short period of time and they're there to feed when they are just hanging out, they'll go to water. Mm-hmm. Um, geese, they tend to hang out longer in fields, and they are in bigger groups. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when I go out and scout, I see geese always before I see ducks, unless you see them flying and landing into the field. Okay. And those geese in the field, they notice when a truck stops, at least in Minnesota, our area. You know, this is very area-specific, yeah. but, like, when I stop and scout geese and they're within... 200 feet of the road there a lot of them are eating and chilling and just doing their thing but when i stop and start yep. putting my binos you'll on see them, them start you'll, running you'll see their yeah they start heads, to move their heads but come up and I, they start getting a little bit more vocal like hey 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 what's going on what why is everyone freaking out like, i guess when i was thinking about the question though i'm thinking about getting <laughs> geese to land okay you know Actually, is, is that what you were talking land. about? Yeah, and another thing for decoys, would it be better if you had all the geese is like their heads down? Because mm. then that means that, that they're eating. 
Wouldn't you prefer that? Or do you still want some with their heads up? But that means they're like alert. Okay, so when geese are feeding, question, that's a really good question, yeah, and I've and I've really wanted to touch on this for a while. I've really wanted to put an all sentry spread up where it's mostly their head. Sentry means their heads are up and alert, um, because when geese are landing and when geese are calling at other geese, they're not going. Their heads are not down and they're eating. They're going. Wah. Right, right. And so I've I've tried to really find that middle ground because when manufacturers of decoys sell their decoys, out of like a dozen, over like, like one. half half of them will be feeding. Right. And and that promotes like a comfortability for the geese to come and land. But at the same time, if you're goose calling and you're doing all this stuff, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. And that's something that I've really struggled with. So it's like we have a bunch of dive bomb silhouettes, and I kind of want to just put all of the sentries out there, like 70% sentries, and then the other ones resting and feeding, like mm-hmm. 30%. And so I kind of want to, like, play around with that and make a cool video I don't about think it. Yeah, and I thought you were crazy when you said that, but then the more and more I've thought about it, and I watched, I went back and watched uh, Goose Society. Yeah. And Scott kind of talks about that a little bit, you know, like he touches on that. And it actually, like, the more I'm thinking about it, like, the more and more it makes sense. Yeah. Right? Like, we're, if you're running a spread and 90% of your decoys are feeding, but then you've got five people that are ripping a call. I'm going like, to say that that's reading a little bit too much into it for the purpose uh, of quite the possibly. fact. Yeah. For, for the purpose <laughs> of the fact that if you are, if you, you know, are calling all of your sound is coming from this bush that's over there. And, you know, there's no century, you know, geese that's over there. And so it's like, if you're going to go that far in, it'd be like the goose has yeah, coming yeah. down. No, we're oh, just being 50% of these are, yeah. you know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, well, maybe we're nuts. But I, I feel like you should test it out. I feel like you should have one Yeah, I think it would be a great test. All of their heads down, all of them. Mm-hmm. And then one, all of their heads alert and then see... Which yeah. they come down, like yeah. what they come down to. One thing I wanted to touch on too about, um, just like really quick about like the skittish thing. One thing that I've noticed, you know, more as I'm scouting more and more, it seems like when I watch ducks in a field, they're way more prone to move like the next day. Dude, they are, dude, when they're in a field, right. they are cruising <sighs> through that field oh, yeah. trying to find the food. I'm like, when I said earlier, that they are in that field to feed, yeah. and that's it, and then they get out. Yeah, they'll feed it out, and they'll move. So, like, ducks will feed a field one day, and then, like, it's it would be totally normal. Like, next day they're gone, and that's why it's harder, in my mind, to scout a good duck field because you really got to have a lot of food there for them to keep coming back because you could that's scout it point. on Thursday, and Saturday there's no way they're there. Whereas, like, geese, though, if they like a field – because they're chilling so much more, like you're talking about. Yeah. They won't feed it out as fast. So it wouldn't be uncommon for geese to f- like feed the same field four days in a row. And I feel like there's a lot of variables to that. So if yeah. you feel like that's... If you agree with Cal, let us know in the comments. But if not, also let us know in the comments. Because there's just every area so freaking different where I, I love to see that. Because we've hunted in Illinois, Louisiana, um, North Dakota, South Dakota. I mean, we've hunted damn near a lot of places in the United States and everywhere between the I've, three of us at least. Oh, yeah. and everywhere we've hunted is so different. Like I was just in Oklahoma guiding for two weeks and the ducks were so skittish on those cattle ponds. And so, and just to so clarify, skittish. when you say skittish, do you mean like when they're scouting and you go like up to them or like when they are landing both? 
Okay. So when when I was hunting them, it was in January. So it was late season. They're starting to pair up with their mates and all that. They don't need feel the need to be as social because a lot of them have already found their breeding partner. Right. However, when we're scouting them, <clears throat> you have to be so quiet. You drive this side-by-side in this 33,000-acre ranch, and you have to, like, creep up to this pond, and you pull out your binoculars, and you're just like, okay, I'm going to get, like, a quick count of this. And it's like, okay, there's 150 ducks here. And then as you start walking back down the pond, ducks will just erupt off the pond. It's like, shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Like, you have to be, like, they're skittish, Stealthy. man. Like, they, they know yeah. that you're there. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I don't know. I feel like every area is a little different, whereas here... You scout from the road. You're seeing them from 300 yards out. It's like, okay, there's 300, 400 ducks here. But in Oklahoma, you're 25 yards from the bank where mm-hmm. 50 of those ducks are. So it's like, okay, you have to be quiet. And then you stub your toe on a cactus, mm-hmm. and your toe hurts. You yummy. Ow. Or, or you cough as you're binoing these birds, and it's like, shit. Mm-hmm. And then you start, like, walking down. Like, you just peek your head over the bank, and you have your binos there. And then you turn around, and your head comes up a little bit further up the bank, and you just watch all these ducks erupt. And it's like, shit. Yeah. What do you do? All yeah. right. Well, that those two have carried us. So we're at, like, 28 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Got one more question. Okay. Let's do okay, it. Okay. So when you're scouting for <coughs> geese, and you're in their traffic, right? Yep. Their traffic line. What is the probability that they're going to hit that traffic the next day? So you see it. Pretty and you're good. Like, good, really good. Yeah, pretty yeah. good. It if the weather's the same, very very good. Okay. You know, it, it a lot of waterfowl hunting depends on the weather. Got it. Like so much. <laughs> like it, it That's just, why Joey's a meteorologist. <laughs> I'm gonna become a meteorologist because I'll get paid to be wrong every day. Yeah, you actually don't have to. Be, you better, don't have to go right? to school for it. Actually. Yeah. Well, it totally depends on the area. So, like Oklahoma, they really like it when it's sunny mm-hmm. and it's windy. They don't like it, or I'm sorry, they don't like it when it's sunny and it's windy, but up here, they love it. And in other areas, when it's timber hunting, they like it when it's sunny and windy. In Oklahoma, when they destroy their ducks, it's crappy weather. Got it. It's really windy, it's rainy, it's overcast. That's when we killed the most ducks, and I'm just baffled by it because everywhere I've hunted sunshine, mallards, every time. You know, aggressive calling, all that. There, no calling, overcast, kind of windy, rainy. They destroy birds whenever it's raining. It's just a different, different deal. Yeah. So, all right, guys. So the way this works best is if you guys keep hitting us up with intricate, like cool questions like this, where we can actually talk about the complexities of them. Yep. So do that. Hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, and it could be a longer whatever. question, more details. You can put it in the yeah. comments below. Yeah. For okay. Sure. Thanks, guys. We'll see you soon.